So thank you. Let us turn to the word of God. The acts of the spirit of God. This is the title of our message. Today's message comes from Romans chapter 8 verses 26 through 27. Please rise for the reading of the word of God. Romans chapter 8 verses 26 through 27. Our text for today, twenty-six through twenty-seven. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. And He who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints in accordance with God's will. This is the word of God. The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of God will stand forever. Amen. Please be seated. Let us pray for the illumination of both body and soul toward this message. Our Lord and God, give us your spirit. Increase our knowledge and love for you. Our Lord and God, enlighten us with the message from your written word. Bless our listeners. We ask and we pray in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Let me begin by introducing our message. Last week, the title of our message was The Future Glory of the Kingdom. I expressed that in Romans chapter 8, verses 18 through 25, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, describes the future glory of the kingdom of God because Christians are heirs of the kingdom. I also try to support this with the following points. Because Christians are heirs of the kingdom of God, God will eventually punish all its enemies. Because Christians are heirs of the kingdom, God has eternally blessed us. And in point number three, because Christians are heirs of his kingdom, Christians naturally look forward to the day of the Lord Jesus. Now that I have covered last week's material, let us cover today's material. Today, the title of our message is The Acts of the Spirit of God. The Acts of the Spirit of God. Today, I will explain that in Romans chapter 8, verses 26 through 27, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, describes a key aspect of the service of the Holy Spirit. The service of the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit works on behalf of Christians. Works on behalf of Christians. Confessing Christians. Christians. 
that are blessed by God, that have been called by God and united with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Amen. How can we fully understand all this? Well, we can start by looking at the following points, or we will start by looking at the following points. In point number one, Hopefully we will see that because the Holy Spirit works on behalf of Christians, unbelieving sinners are cut off from God. And point number two, we will see that because the Holy Spirit works on behalf of Christians, Christians have eternal access before God. Eternal access before God. And point number three. We will see that because the Holy Spirit works on behalf of Christians, Christians have eternal, Christians out of thankfulness to God, freely pray to God. Let me say that again. Because the Holy Spirit works on behalf of Christians, Christians out of thankfulness to God, freely pray. To God. They pray to God. Textual background. Pertinent thematic information. Let me cover that real briefly. I will try to cover it briefly. I've been told I kind of have long introductions. So I'm going to try to cut this down as much as I can. <laughs> but i got to admit, the introduction is important. Why is the introduction important? The introduction is important because... I believe it sets the background, it sort of sets the background, or paints the background, uh, the background of, of what this message is really trying to bring forth to you, or what I'm trying to bring forth, you, forth to you from this message. So I, I like background material, but too much of it, like anything, is too much of anything, a good thing, is, is not always good. So let me begin by... Reminding you, the author, children, who's the author of this, this text, this, this Romans chapter 8, verses 26 to 27? Paul, Paul, good, Paul the Apostle. And what is his office? What is the office of Paul? What, what, what office did Paul hold, I should say, when, like us, he was in the flesh, in the body, he was alive, he was walking, talking, guess what? And he ate, just like you and I. He probably wore trousers like us, but I'm not sure because I think they wore togas back then or something like that, I don't know. Sandals, wore sandals, he walked and he talked. He breathed, just like we breathe. But guess what? From God, our Lord Jesus, he anointed him. He called him into an office, that is, into a job. And that office was titled what? An apostle. Very good. That was, his, that, was his, that was the title of his office. An apostle. That is a messenger. And a, a, a chosen messenger of God. And a, a vessel prepared to bring forth this, this powerful message that he has given us in this what is this we're reading from what is it called 
What is the genre, I should say? Yes. A letter. Remember? A letter. You guys, listen, this is important stuff because, listen, there's a difference between a letter and, say, for example, a, um, in the Gospels, which is a narrative. See, when you're reading these things, knowing this kind of stuff, it makes it easier to read and to understand and try to put it into to context, try to put it into a and into an arena where we can fully understand what Paul is trying to say to us. So this is a letter, similar to what we do today. We, but we do it most of the time now and through email, right? Yeah. So, but it's the same same structure, pretty much. Pretty much, not 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 the same all all the time. There's some things in there that are different. But listen, he's writing to people in where. He was writing to people where? In Rome. There was a church in Rome. Now, this church in Rome, it is believed that Paul didn't establish this church. But anyways, he was writing to them. And he was writing to them. And I am confident that the theme of this letter was Paul states that the gospel reveals how God puts people right with himself. It is through faith. From beginning to end, we receive it by faith. That is trusting that it is from God and that it is to us, his people. So in a real way, you can say that God is writing to us as well. Because Paul wrote as he was inspired by the Holy Spirit. That is that he was moved by the Holy Spirit. So he wrote these things. He wrote these things in his his bite, I mean, in, in Greek, yes, and he wrote it oftentimes with his own hand, but sometimes he had, like what we have today, secretaries or whatever. We have people who help, who helped him. He had people that helped him, just like we have people that oftentimes helps, especially people who are very busy, people who are responsible for, um, you know, big organizations and stuff like that. They need people to help them to write so they don't spend too much time writing where they need to spend other time, spend that time in other places. But still, it is, you gotta believe, we believe and trust that this is from God, that this is the message of God and that he is writing to his people. That is, those who believe in Christ Jesus those who have been united by the power of the Holy Spirit, who have been declared righteous by God. Amen? Amen. This is the Word of God. Praise be to God. Amen? Amen? Now, without further introduction, let us move into the message of God. The guilt... Let's begin with the guilt of fallen humanity. The guilt of fallen humanity. Because I believe that in Romans chapter 8, verses 26, because the Holy Spirit works on the behalf of Christians, God rejects reprobate sinners. That is the implication there. The implication is that The Spirit only works 
on behalf of those individuals who have been born again. Those who have been born again by God. I know that's kind of heavy, but let's turn to the text real quickly because I want to make sure you understand this. Understand that over Romans chapter 26, it says, In the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness. Who's us? You have to understand that that us is a, first of all, it's a pronoun. And being that it's a pronoun, it, it, it has a reference. And it refers back to something, to someone. And if you just step back just a couple of, couple of verses, you see over in verse 24, what is it? It reads like this. It says, for in this hope, we, again, another pronoun, were saved. So that's why I say this us refers to individuals who are what? Saved. Saved. By who? By God. Listen, this is important to understand because oftentimes when we're reading the Bible, we like to take the Bible and we like to apply it to people that it doesn't really refer to. And so you have to be careful. When you are sharing, when you're confessing your faith, when you are sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ with people, you have to be careful how you speak. And when you go to the Bible especially, you start quoting scripture and things like that. And you take it out of context, you ratcheting it out of context, and you're applying it to individuals that it don't apply to, th that's wrong. It's wrong. You can't do that. At least the Word of God does not allow that. So, that's why I'm making it clear right now that God rejects reprobate sinners. Who are reprobate? I mean, that's the word I know. We don't oftentimes walk around and say, or we don't share with each other, right? Reprobate. You're a reprobate. We don't talk that way. But this is a term that really, if you look at Scripture, Romans chapter 3, verses 23, all have what? Sin and fallen short of the glory of God. It doesn't say some. It doesn't say a few. All. That's right. All. All means what? All. Everybody. Everybody. That's right. Everybody. So listen, does, does that include Christians? Yes. Yes, that includes Christians. We're sinners too. So we're sinners, but there's a difference between reprobate sinners and sinners who are saved by what? Grace. That is the gift of God out of his love. It's out of his love that he saves. He has saved us. 
What's the sign that he has saved us? Well, we believe in the life, death, resurrection, and ascension of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. That is the sign. If you believe, guess what? You've been born again. But if you don't believe, you reject Jesus Christ, you suppress or repress the truth. That is, you, you, you hear the truth, you hear the gospel, but in your heart you say to yourself, you know what? It's just too much for me. I can't, I can't believe that. It sounds like a story to me, made up by man. That the writings of Paul, inspired by, Jesus, inspired by the Lord Jesus, that's, that's all a lie. That's not true. Because I've been taught that all of this, is, all this, 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 this written word right here, this, this Bible, was all made up. It's just a story. It's a myth. But listen, if you believe and you trust, which I hope all of you do, it's by faith. It's a trusting in God by faith. And that even is a gift from God. That's a gift from God. Now, I have to drive that home, and I don't want to spend too much time on it. But the Holy Spirit doesn't work on behalf of those who are reprobates. He just doesn't. That's not what he was sent to do. <laughs> That's right. A lot of people, you know, don't understand this. The Holy Spirit works on behalf of not only Christians, but it works on behalf of a of, of God the Father and the Son. Throughout the Bible, and listen, you will see this when you read the Bible. You will see that the Holy Spirit moves according to the will of God. On behalf of the Lord Jesus himself. And he doesn't move contrary to them. He, he, he doesn't do things that are outside of their will. That's why they're one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Not two gods, not three gods. One God, but three persons. And they all act in unison. They act as one. And the, as we will see, the Holy Spirit has been sent to the saved. To those who have been born again. To those who have been declared righteous. By God. And that's what we've been, listen, from, from Romans chapter 5 on, that's what we've been really looking at and talking about. Let's go over to Romans chapter 5 real quickly. Paul, again, and I want to emphasize this, he's speaking to those who have been justified by God. That is, those who have been declared righteous by God. God's the Father, his, one of his offices is that he's a judge. He's a judge. And acting as a judge, he has 
declare Christians, confessing Christians, just. That is right before him. Not because of what they have done, but because of what Christ has done. He can do this. Listen, God has given a law, and the law must be obeyed. If you don't obey the law, guess what? There will be consequences. There will be punishment. If God did not punish those who break the law, would God be just? No, he wouldn't. He wouldn't be a just God. And God does not operate that way. He does not function that way. Verse 5, verse 1, it says, Therefore, everybody say therefore. Therefore. Whenever you see therefore, it's referring to something else. And, and, and basically, I'm just going to tell you, all of that that came before is talking about those who have been justified by faith. And just like Abraham, Abraham was what? He was justified by faith. And just like Abraham, therefore, we too have been justified by faith. And that's why Paul says, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through whom we have gained access. Say access. By faith into the grace in which we now stand. And we rejoice in the hope. Say hope. Of the glory of God. That is the Past, present, and future glory of God. So listen, I'm not just making this stuff up. I just want to make that clear. This is what the word of God says. It says it, and I believe it. And I hope that you believe it too. Reprobate. The reprobate are those who have been for whatever reason, and, I, and this, listen, this is a mystery, and this is not clear in Scripture. I don't know why, but for whatever reason, God has determined in advance, even before the foundation of the earth was created, He has determined in advance that out of all sinful humanity, out of all sinful humanity, He would choose a few, a remnant. He would, he would gather a remnant just for Himself, and that He would preserve. For all eternity. We see that throughout scripture. If you remember, remember Noah, the Noah account? Remember Noah? You guys remember Noah? Yes. God looked upon the, the, the earth and he saw Noah. And he declared Noah was righteous. But everybody else was unrighteous. Was it because Noah was naturally righteous in himself? No. No, no, it was not because he was naturally righteous in himself. Noah was righteous because God had declared him righteous in advance based upon the works that would come in Christ Jesus. And you've got to understand this. This is what the Old Testament is all about. The Old Testament is it's, it's written in types and shadows. It gives us sort of a picture of things that are to come. And so God acted upon, see, because God lives, listen, unlike us, God has no time. He's not, look, look, he's not sit, he's not up in heaven and, I don't have a watch on, because I don't, I don't even use a watch anymore, because as far as I'm concerned, time for me is eternal. I'm in Christ Jesus, it's, it's eternal. Now don't get me wrong, I do try to operate in, according to time, 
But even like right now, I'm probably running over time. <laughs> but listen, I share this with you because God has no time. He's not, he doesn't have a watch. He's not up there and saying, wow, I'm kind of late. It's 10 o'clock. No. He, look, listen, he's eternal. He's eternal. Not internal, but eternal. Eternal. So he has no time. He is, he's in the work on a schedule like we do. And so that's why he was able to what? Declare Abraham righteous before Christ even came in the flesh. But listen, Jesus was always the son. You didn't know that, did you? He's always been the son. Listen, Jesus didn't start becoming the son when he first came to earth. He was always the son. And the spirit is always the spirit, the Holy Spirit. These are three persons, okay? Now, before I get, go too far into this, I just want you to understand that the reprobate of those whom God, for whatever reason, and this is a mystery, has passed over. Does that, sound, does that term sound familiar to you all? Passed over? Old Testament, remember? Old Testament? Moses? Egypt? <laughs> Come on. We gotta get we gotta get back in the Old Testament. I'm gonna start making. I'm gonna start reading, uh, preaching from the Old Testament. Okay, remember in the Old Testament when the when the descendants of Israel were in bondage in Egypt, there came a time when God had declared that He was gonna kill the firstborn of every man, man and woman. Right, the firstborn of every man and woman. So now. But there were individuals, the individuals that, that would paint um, the blood of a lamb, right, above their, their door. Right. Now we remember the, the doorpost of their house. The Holy Spirit would what? Pass over them. And what? Go to the next house. If the next house didn't have blood over the doorpost, what would the Holy Spirit do? And, and there was a firstborn in there. He would what? Kill the firstborn. <laughs> now, see, you make, you see, you're making the connection here? Are you seeing, seeing why I'm saying that for some reason God has passed over the reprobate? He has decided that, you know what? I don't know why, but for whatever reason, they're, they're, they're condemned. They're left in their sin. But for us, those who are believers in Christ Jesus, we have the what? The blood of Jesus Christ. And so that's why we have not been passed over. We have God has 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 given favor upon us. He has declared us righteous. Because of the blood of Jesus Christ. Listen, that blood has to be applied by God himself, by God the Father. Just like the blood was, was applied by Moses, who supposedly had did all that, which is Moses, Moses was the mediator then. Jesus Christ is the new mediator. That is, he is the one who acts on our behalf, and it is Jesus Christ that has brought us back into a right relationship with God the Father. And that's, that's as simple as I can put it. And again, it's a mystery. I don't know why God has determined that, you know what? Some, some are just not going to be 
in heaven. Some are not going to receive his favor. I don't know why. And I don't rejoice in that. I feel sorry for them. And I don't brag anything in my own salvation because I know that my salvation is by grace. There's nothing in me worthy of receiving God's grace and his favor. And, and, and listen, I've discovered that I still sin. And that's why I need a savior every day, all the time, 24 hours, every minute. Because even now, I'm probably saying something that may, might, might be, I might be sinning against God. And I pray that I'm not. But I just, that's why I just, I just stick to the word. I stick to God's word. And I try to preach from his word. Because I think that as long as I'm preaching from his word, I can't go wrong. And God has, God has declared that his word will not return unto him void. That is, everything that, everything that I speak according to the word of God, it will, it will glorify him. Christians are the true heirs of the kingdom of God. They are the, they are the true heirs. Remember we talked a little bit about that? They are the co-heirs with Christ. Remember that last week? We talked about that. And God will... Again, eventually punish all their enemies for their sin. Listen, we, we do have enemies. Christians have enemies. That is those who reject Jesus Christ. Those who can't stand them. They, you know, listen, right now there's a, even in our own nation. People are doing everything they can to keep God out of the classrooms. You can't even say the name Jesus. You can't pray. You can't do certain things that, you know what, praying, praying to God for Christians, it's a natural, natural process. It's, we're commanded, to, as a matter of fact, to pray to him. And so if we don't pray to him, guess what? We sin against him. Point number two, because the Holy Spirit works on behalf of Christians, Christians have eternal access before God. Remember we talked a little bit about that? We saw that earlier, this access, that is entrance. And to the presence of God. The eternal blessings of Christians is access into the holy of holies. That is the most holiest place reserved in heaven. We have access to that, to that by what? The spirit. The spirit of God. That's what Paul is talking about here. If you go over here to um, Romans chapter um, 27. I'm sorry, Romans chapter 8 verses 27. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the spirit because the spirit intercedes. They intercedes for the saints in accordance with God's will. That is God's will that the saint, that the Holy Spirit intercedes for us. What does intercede mean? That means he, he goes on our behalf and he's always before the presence of God. Always. Eternally. Only he can do that. We're not. Design. We're not, we have not been created to do that. So guess what? Always the Holy Spirit is there before God. And you know what he's doing? He's pleading with God. Lord God, please forgive Dennis. Please forgive him. He, listen. Yes, God, he's sinning right now. 
But please forgive them. And you know what? Even Satan is right there because it, it, it talks about that the accuser. Satan is right there too. You know what? He's like, listen, look, God, look at Dennis. Look at those Christians. Those Christians that you have, those, those members of Christ that you have, you have shown favor upon them. Look at them. They're saying against you even right now. How can you allow that? And why are you not intervening? Why are you not, why are you not judging them? Condemning them? Destroying them, even right now. But the Holy Spirit is right there and he's like, blood of Christ. Blood of Christ. So every time you sin, our sin, blood of Christ. Blood of Christ. Blood of Christ. And, and the Father's like, yes, I am pleased. I am well pleased with the Son. I am well pleased with his works. His works. Not, not our works, but his works has been applied to us. His righteousness has been given to us. We have been clothed in the righteousness of Christ. Do you all see that? See how this works? Isn't this wonderful? I mean, I don't know about you, but when I think about the wonders of God, and when I think about the works of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and what it has done, the power of it, that, that, that the Father has, has for, for because of Christ, has declared us his own. That's what Christians mean. That's what the word Christian means. Christ-like. And listen, all the angels in heaven, all the hosts of heaven, are like they're 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 up in the heaven. They're like, wow, God, how could you do? So, how did you do such a thing? Because they're looking at us in Christ, and they see how wonderful we are. We're like the jewel, the jewels of the of, of the earth. You know. Diamonds, you know, the most beautiful diamond. I seen, I seen the other day. I seen this, this person. She, uh, she had a diamond ring on, on, and the diamonds in it, and the the sun was reflecting off of it. It was just, it, I, I had to put my shades on almost. <laughs> wow. She has a husband that loves her, no doubt about it. <laughs> and he's got to have a lot of money. I mean. But you know what? It was not always like that. The diamonds in, her, in that ring, it was not always like that. It was cut by someone. And, it, you know, they, they knew what they were doing. Listen, God is doing that to us. He's creating us, renewing us, transforming us by what? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is changing us. He's, he's reforming us. And listen, all the hosts of heaven are like that, too. They're probably up there now, too, get, putting on their, sun, their, their shades. They're like, wow, God. Wow. How did you take something that was, remember? All are dead and sin. And what, what, what's the wages of sin? Death. All, dead. Dead is dead, right? Right? Dead is dead. So listen. But God has resurrected us. He has resurrected us. And he's creating us. And he's forming us into something that's just, even for us right now, we can't imagine it. But listen, there's coming a day. And that day will be coming real soon when the Lord Jesus returns. And he gives us new bodies. Guess what? We're going to be shining so bright. We're going to be like this, you know, this bright light. Like, like the stars in the sky. You look at the stars all in the sky. Listen, God, is, we're going to be brighter than those stars. Isn't that wonderful? That's, what, that's why he, t- he, listen, he told Abraham to go out and look at the sky and look at all the stars in the sky. He said, you know what? Guess what? You're going to have more children. You have so many children. That you can't even look at the stars, God. Can you count them all? No, I can't. He's like, I know. 
Yeah, but you know what? From you, I'm going to be, I promise you, from you, I'm going to create a people that is going to be as, as, as numerous as the stars in the sky, as bright as the stars in the sky. That's the implication. Amen? Are you excited about this? Are you excited that you have eternal access into the presence of God that, that on behalf of, 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 that the Holy Spirit is there on our behalf? That means he's, he's representing us. Say representing. I think that's a word that, that, that a, lot of, a lot of young kids use. I'm representing, right? Representing or something, right? Well, listen, the Holy Spirit is up there representing too. But he's representing who? Christians. He's representing us. Amen? Forgiveness of sins, that is ours. That is the spirit of, that is the spirit, spirit's role. He's working on our behalf. Because we don't oftentimes ask God to forgive us for our sins. But listen, for our unconfessed sins, the Holy Spirit is there. Guess what? Even Jesus Christ, and this would be another message, he's, he's interceding for us. Meaning that he's there on our behalf pleading before God. Oh God, Father, Father, forgive them. Remember when he was on the cross? Forgive them for they what? They know not what they do. <laughs> you guys... I know this is new, right? This is new. But that's what, that's what our salvation in Christ is all about. It's, a, it's, it's happening. It's right now. Because, point number three. That was point number two. Now, point number three, because the Holy Spirit, I'm moving kind of fast now. Because the Holy Spirit, hold on, because the Holy Spirit works on behalf of Christians, right? He's there in heaven, always what? Eternally in the presence of God and the holy of holies and the most, the most, the most holiest, you can't get, the most holiest place reserved in heaven. The Holy Spirit is there on our behalf. Christians, out of thankfulness, because we have been renewed, we have been transformed, and the Holy Spirit lives in us, right? So where, wherever the Holy Spirit is, guess what? We're there too. Remember that. So, but out of thankfulness to God, we freely pray to God. See, we can freely pray to God now because we have a spirit that is working on our behalf. We have a spirit that God cannot deny, will not deny. Okay, I'm just going to put it this way. Won't deny. Why? Because God is not going to deny himself. <laughs> Didn't know that, did you? Think about it. The Holy Spirit is what? God. Is God going to deny himself? Is God going to say, you know what? Ah, yeah, I, I know you say that about Dennis. You say that about those Christians down there, those, those who are like Christ, those who have been. Yeah, you say that, but, you know, I'm, listen, I'm just going to, I'm going to ignore that. No, he's not going to do that. That's why our, listen, our life in Christ is guaranteed. By the Father. Listen, nothing will ever get in the way of our salvation in Christ Jesus. Amen? Amen. And listen, we can pray, and God commands us to pray. Remember that. But when we do pray, oftentimes I've noticed, especially when we pray around here, there's the prayers that just constantly keep coming up. (laughs) For whatever reason, 
Do you guys love the prayer? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be. But you know what? I never say stop praying that. You know why? Because that was the prayer, the prayer that I prayed for a very long time the same way. And then finally it clicked and it was like, and I think years, years of my life, my young life, I prayed that prayer. It never made sense to me, but I just kept praying it. Then one day it just clicked. And I was like, Lord have mercy. I've been praying this prayer all this time and I didn't even know what it meant. <laughs> but I just knew that I, but listen, that's what, that's what children of God do. Just, you know, we just, we don't, we just, we just got to just have faith that, you know what? One, one of these days God is going to reveal to us what it really truly means. <laughs> we could do that, right? Like babes, right? Remember when you, children, when you were babies? Mama, say mama. mama, and you would say dada. <laughs> I'll say say dada, dada. You say mama. <laughs> I'm like, come on, let's get this right. <laughs> Took you a long time, but you kept saying it until finally one day, I come walking to the house. Whereas normally you would walk up to me, mama, mama, and be like, no, not the mama, the daddy, the dada. And then one day I walked in the house, dada. Dad, I look at you like, praise God, you finally got it right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> That's my boy. That's my girl. That's what I'm talking about, okay? Hey, the same way with us. We can go and we pray. We just keep praying. Pray, pray. Pour out your heart to God. Listen, I'm, I'm sure God is blessed by it because I was blessed by it too. You know, even though you didn't get it right, I was like, oh, he's, you know, that's all right. It's, it's all right. We work on it. We got to work on it. Amen? Amen. That's the grace of God. That's the grace of God. You know, he knows what we're going through. Our Lord Jesus went through, you know, the worst. And he can relate with us. And he knows what we're going through. It's not easy to pray. There's times I sit down, and I, especially when I'm really hungry, without even praying. I, listen, you guys probably didn't know that, did you? you? I know you do it all the time. But I do it too sometimes. But you know what? The Holy Spirit is there. The Holy Spirit is like, Lord God, the blood of Christ. Say it. Blood of Christ. Blood of Christ. Blood of Christ. Amen. Let us close. Let us keep in mind the following key points. Remember that according to point number one, because the Holy Spirit works on the behalf of Christians, God rejects reprobate sinners. Point number two, because the Holy Spirit works on behalf of Christians, Christians have eternal access before God. All the time, all the time, 24 hours, seven days a week, we always, the Holy Spirit is there on our behalf. Amen? Amen. That should give us hope. That should reassure us that, you know what? The Father loves us, and he's going to take care of us. He's going to take care of you. He's going to take care of me. Amen? And on to point number three, let us also remember that because the Holy Spirit works on behalf of Christians, Christians, out of thankfulness to God, freely pray to God. Pray to God. Don't feel ever. Don't ever feel embarrassed. Don't ever get judgmental. Don't ever feel judgment. Try not to. Try not to. You can't help it because sometimes, you know, the old nature, right? The old nature rears its ugly heads and, and it, it starts to accuse us. Just like even the accuser himself is right now. He's accusing us. I look at them. They're not praying. And listen to what they're praying for, an iPod or iTouch or iPhone. They're not praying for the glories of God. But don't listen. 
But if if the, if, the, if the spirit convicts your heart, though, you want to ask for forgiveness. It's, you know, don't get me wrong. If you you know you praying all of a sudden, you know, you you comes to your heart is like I shouldn't be praying for this. I should be praying for my friend who's hurting really bad. Or you know, I, I have enough. I have enough things. And well, God, please forgive me. But still, again, I share this with you so you know that you know it's it, in this life it's going to be difficult living according to the will of God, and He knows it though. He knows it. That's why he sent who? Jesus. Jesus. Tell me about Jesus, my grandmother would say. And you know what? I hope you feel the same way. Let us pray. Our Lord and God, thank you for giving us your spirit. Thank you for increasing our knowledge and love for you. Our Lord and God, thank you for enlightening us with this marvelous message from your written word. Bless our listeners. We ask and we pray in the name of of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Please rise for the doxology. Now to him who is faithful, to him who is able to keep and strengthen you, according to the divine revelation of the gospel of Jesus Christ, according to the mystery that was kept secret for a very long time, but has now been disclosed, and through the prophetic writings has been made known to all nations, according to the command of the eternal God, to bring about the obedience of faith to the only wise God be glory and honor, both dominion and power, both now and forevermore. Amen. Please hug one another and enjoy the rest of the day. God bless you.